You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Here at the first game of the 2022 SEC Baseball Tournament at Hoover Metropolitan Stadium. The good news, Alabama's got a 5-1 lead over Georgia. The bad news, I don't think we'll be playing anytime soon. We've got rain in the area. The radar shows that it is expected to be around here. And it, the good the good part of it is it's light showers. The bad news is a good bit of rain has fallen, and there is a chance for some heavier rain to fall. But at the moment, it is very light. But the tarp is still on the field. That means we're looking at a minimum of 30 minutes before play would resume. So stations, we're going to send it back to you for another half hour. We'll keep you updated again to our affiliate stations. Be uh, aware of uh, any text alerts that could come across in the meantime from Learfield, but we will be giving you an update again at the bottom of the hour. 12.30 Central is when we'll talk to you again with the latest report, again from Hoover, where Alabama holds a 5-1 lead in the first game of the SEC tournament. We're in the bottom of the third in a rain delay. Alabama and Georgia here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show.
Hi, welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition. We got Tony Kurgan be joining us in studio. Matt Finkus a little bit later on as well, talking Ohio State and also just his perception of the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, uh, back and forth, and uh, also just kind of what that looks like from a national perspective with him. He uh, covers Ohio State, does a lot of work for them, and is a great friend of the show. Been with us many times, as a lot of you have heard him uh, with us. Uh, Bo Scarborough yesterday had to move from his uh, spot yesterday to today, one thirty. He'll be with us. So look forward to that after a big weekend on Saturday. So uh, a lot to get into. Lars is going to join us here shortly. We hope he sounds like Kramer from uh, the uh, from what was it, from Seinfeld. There we go. He's coming back from the dentist. So run a little bit late there and also a little rain in the Birmingham area, kind of delaying also the SEC baseball tournament. If you're listening to us on the radio on the network, uh, we're, we're probably not going to have live stream audio for you for a little while. We've got uh, and those that are not listening to us on Tide 100.9 right now, our flagship station. They're running the Alabama baseball game and some of the other affiliates as well up through, uh, through that uh, game. We'll probably be back in. A rain delay is happening, so we're hoping to be back uh, all throughout the network. Around 12.30, 12.45, somewhere in there. It may not work out till about the second hour, but uh, we'll go along as planned and uh, as always. So I uh, hope uh, everybody has a great uh, Tuesday morning so far. We've got a great show lined up, as I said. Matt Coulter in studio, Lars and Tony Curry will join us here shortly. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. We call it the bowling of this generation. And uh, Matt and I, Lars, are, we've taken our families, friends, coworkers. They do a lot of birthday parties, bachelor, bachelorette parties. They do uh, all types of charity events to help raise money for a lot of great things in the community. So get out, support Top Golf. You're going out to a USFL game. It's a great way to tailgate before and after at Top Golf of Birmingham. We're driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell, all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Matt Coulter, how are you today? And we got baseball underway as far as SEC tournament, but uh, the rain once again, as we see it every year, this time of year is just tough uh, to work around these uh, rain delays, but uh, off and running. With the... Uh... Tony and Lars on their way in, would you call this the calm before the storm? Yes, I definitely. We have the storm, though, unfortunately. <laughs> and, you know, you get up thinking you're going to click it on at 930, and there's Alabama and the Bulldog going at it, and uh, rain delay, uh, rain delay. Mm-hmm. Then when they finally did get underway, Alabama just continued to hit like they did against Arkansas over the weekend. And check me if I'm wrong, Jay, but I think it's 5-1 now they're held in the bottom of the third. So that's what Alabama needs to do Mm -hmm. to advance because this is absolutely survive. This is win or go home. Mm -hmm. Um, This is single elimination day. Auburn plays later tonight. They they play, I think, the very late game uh, against Kentucky. And can you imagine how late that game is going to be based on the fact that we're already a couple hours behind? Uh, I I admire Bruno's event team and the SEC tournament officials that put this on. Because year after year, they play it in the spring. It's the only time it's mm-hmm. outdoors. You're going to get rain. You're going to have delays. And I, I just would not want to be a part of event management for that because it's just got to be at times, like right now, uh, a nightmare. Because you also have, Jay, you got to worry about fans. Mm-hmm. You got to worry about lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you worry about the RVs. You got to worry about those crazy LSU fans. They're doing no, who knows what. What? Not. Actually, 5 1, bottom of the third, Alabama's on top of Georgia. But we have a lot of other stuff to talk about this uh, today. And Mason just texted us, and I guess y'all got it too. Eli Holstein committed to Alabama? Yeah, I saw that ooh, earlier. Ooh. Well, I guess we know who's not coming. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. We'll see. You think Eli ah. and Arch would go to Alabama? Well, I mean, he, he's got an uncle named Eli. Maybe he feels comfortable <laughs> being around a guy named Eli. So we'll see. But... um 
that's a big get and and a big get for Alabama. And 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 again, I know a lot of people hoping for for Arch Manning. And uh, you know, look, Saban, you, you gotta manage a roster. You get he, he's short on quarterbacks. You got to make sure he's got one. Um, I'm sure they've asked and and you know they got Arch coming in what in a couple of weeks I think it is. Um, and they're, they're, that'll be his what second to last visit uh, for the summer, and um, we'll see what happens. Look, you, you, you invite competition; it's only going to make both of those guys better. And in the portal world, uh, portal world that we live in, hard to say. I don't know why, uh, but uh, they will have a chance if if one is seeing that they're not going to get maybe the playing time. Uh, maybe they they get in the portal, they move on. I, you know, again, if you watch the Mac Jones, uh, what happened for him? He said, waited his turn. Ends up being a first round draft pick, has all the talent, all that around him. So I, I think that's kind of the thing is that you sell that as the coach. Look, you've got talent. You're going to have running backs, receivers, offensive linemen. You get a year or two under your belt. You get one year under your belt and play at, at a high level. You got a chance to make it to the next level as a quarterback at Alabama now because of the talent that they've got. Lars, how are you, my man? I hope you're doing well. How are your teeth? Did you have any, did you get numbed up today? We we're hoping you would come in like. Right? <laughs> you sound no, like I, last night. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just joking. Just joking. Um, so this Eli Holstein commitment is pretty interesting on multiple levels. You guys know where he committed to first, right? Uh, I think he Jimbo, Texas A and M, and uh, then yeah, that was in June of 2021, and then he decommitted from the Aggies in March. And um, I don't know. Is this Nick Saban's way of just sort of poking oh, him a little I bit? I think it's a very fortunate <laughs> coincidence. Uh, I, I do, too. I do, too. And, and I also think sort of through uh, back channels that Saban has learned that Arch Manning is not coming to Alabama. I mean, there, there, there's just no way. It, and it's, it, it is strange to me, though, that, that uh, Jay, we, we know how usually uh, – Recruiting classes are constructed by getting the elite quarterback first, Mm -hmm. and then that elite quarterback becomes a recruiter for you. And Arch Manning, um, you know, he's the top guy on everybody's recruiting board, and he's obviously the top uncommitted quarterback uh, in uh, in, in the class. So it's it's a little bit strange to me that he's waiting so long. Mm Uh, and, and I, I really think he's probably, I, I think he's probably heading to, uh, Georgia be my guess. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but this is a great get for Alabama. Um, uh, Holstein is, uh, uh, 6'3", 215 pounds out of, uh, Zachary high school in Zachary, Louisiana. And, um, and he'll really, um, he'll, he'll definitely, uh, help the the quarterback room, obviously, but he'll also be an advocate in going out and trying to recruit other kids. I mean, Matt, uh, do you interpret it the same way that the Arch Manning? Is, I, I think Alabama is sort of out of the Arch Manning sweepstakes. It kind of happened a couple of weeks ago, right? When it just drastically changed in in that formula that is used, which I, I thought was kind of a joke at first, but then I saw all their criteria. I, I give it some credence uh, when Alabama just suddenly dropped the third. Um, you got the Georgia feel. I don't know. I'm still thinking Texas, but I'm not thinking Alabama, which is the point right now. And I, I think that once he, once Alabama knew that, the gas got throttled. They they put. Don't you think they put the foot through the firewall, as we say in yeah. Talladega, to, but don't, to but, get Eli? 
But don't y- yes, yes. But don't you think uh, that the coaches Jay have more information than we do when it comes to Arch and really where he's leaning at this point? Yeah, I just I feel like it's going to be a two quarterback class. They got to get to the, the numbers are so low. Uh, you you got you know two guys right now that are young that are going to be competing for the number two spot. Whichever one wins that spot, I think the other one will get in the transfer portal and be gone. Um, so now that leaves you again with three quarterbacks. Really, right now they're they're sitting with three quarterbacks. They need quarterbacks, and they've got some guys that are walking on. They were able to get some of those guys uh, later in the recruiting process, one that was actually headed to, I think, either Ole Miss Mississippi State and able to get him, local kid um, that we've talked about before uh, here on the program. And, you know, the, the thing about this is that you, you've got to get the numbers right inside the room, and you can't sit back and wait and lose a guy like Eli uh, Holstein uh, if you got a chance to get him. If he's ready to commit, you take the commitment, and now you challenge Arch to say, "Look, come in." And again, the one I said earlier, the Mac Jones, the the Jalen Hurts, the you know we, we've seen over the years of guys that worked their way into those spots, now playing in the NFL and having great careers. And you you challenge them on the fact that again, you're going to have all this talent around you. You need one or two years, really just one, and you can make it to the next level. So I think that's you know probably a little bit of their hope is that. Still got a chance maybe at Arch. You still can put that quarterback room in a great spot. They can compete against each other. If Arch is there, he's there, what, probably three years and gone. Uh, Holstein may be the same type of type of kid. Um, you know, look, he's a very top-rated quarterback. He's not just a, well, a that's guy the thing. that's out there. It, that's it, just, it's rare that you get two quarterbacks who are that high, that yeah, high level yeah. in the same class. And, and there's right? a, lot, a lot of people, and I can't remember the guy's name, that, that, that a lot of the quarterback coaches have said to me that have graded out said, the guy going to Tennessee, Amaleva. Amaleva may yeah. probably be the best in the class overall. He's worth eight million dollars. Yeah, over, yeah, overall. <laughs> you know, as far as athletic ability, you know, the plays he can make, that type of offense, they'll run. Um, so we'll see. Get who, fun. Who Get do you think? A silly season. Who do you think the starter will be? In first game of twenty twenty three at quarterback for I'm Alabama. Not even going to make a prediction. Matt, who do you think? <laughs> I'm not even going to make a prediction. Um, I. Can I think through the break? I promise I'll answer on the other side. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about also, on the other tr- side. Also, troubling news out of the Dwayne Haskins deal. Oh, oh yeah, man. yeah. Pass yep. that along too. Yep. yep. We talked about that last night. Hey, your teeth look great, man. They're oh, shiny, shiny and bright. All right. No cavities. Didn't that feel <laughs> good? Still no cavities. It's, it's not. Have you never had not, a cavity? Never had a cavity in my life. Oh my holy. I'm obviously you. You don't not know from how. I'm obviously not from Alabama. You don't know yeah. how lucky you are. <laughs> Sorry, no. Sorry, it was too easy. What are you talking about? Were we toothless? <laughs> All right, so we'll continue on the other side, right here live from AVX on this Tuesday edition. Again, Tony Curry's been joining us shortly, and uh, we got Scarborough coming up, Bo at one thirty, and Matt Finkus will join us at twelve forty as well. Get his perspective from the Ohio State Big Ten national perspective. Matt Finkus will join us then. Stay with us. We're live from AVX. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's Move Over Law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this state. If you need screen printing or embroidery done for your sports team, company, school, or special event, stop by B&B Sports in Northport and talk to Rodney Johnson about what you're looking for. No matter the size of your order, you can trust the team at B&B Sports to handle the screen printing and embroidery for your team. B&B Sports also has coaches' shirts, hats, belts, and socks. Call 205-339-7361 or stop by and see Rodney Johnson at B&B Sports at 1600 Lurleen Wallace Boulevard in Northport. Let your yard and home be the envy of the neighborhood with help from Port One Landscape Supply. They have pine bark, mulch, pine and wheat straw, bag mulch, topsoil and cross ties. Port One Landscape Supply also has driveway materials, decorative rock, flagstone, limestone and masonry sand. Bring your truck or trailer and they'll load it for you or have it delivered. Port One Landscape Supply is hometown owned by John Powell. They're open Monday through Saturday 7 till 5. Located a mile past Winn-Dixie on Highway 43 in Northport. Port One Landscape Supply. Crimson Tide fans, keep your family safe and healthy with the help of the healthcare professionals at Allegra Family Clinic in Northport. They specialize in urgent and primary care, COVID testing, IV hydration, Botox and fillers, weight loss, testosterone, new aesthetic laser procedures, and other health issues your family may have. Allegra Family Clinic in Urgent Care, open Monday through Friday from 8.30 in the morning to 7 in the evening and Saturday 9 to 1. Located at the corner of Mittlery Road and Highway 69 North in Northport. Celebrate your special occasion with a bang with special fireworks from Extreme Fireworks in Coker. Whether it's a gender reveal, birthday, wedding, or a Crimson Tide victory, they have the fireworks you're looking for, including wedding sparklers. Extreme Fireworks is a fireworks superstore with over 450 products in store and 30 different brands. Everything is 50% off. Buy one, get one free, or buy one, get three free. Extreme Fireworks, open year-round 3.5 miles west of the Northport Super Walmart. Make your home in yard the envy of the neighborhood with the help of anders hardware in downtown northport they have the supplies you need for lawn and garden including seed weed killers bonnie plants garden tools and more for your home improvement projects anders hardware has paint plumbing and electrical supplies hand tools power tools accessories and hardware whether it's lawn and garden or home improvements you need make a trip to anders hardware at 419 main avenue in downtown northport anders hardware If you live in West Alabama and need insurance, just like a good neighbor, State Farm Agent Miles Adair in Reform is there with home, auto, and life insurance, as well as banking services. Their mission statement is to help people manage the risk of everyday life, recover from the unexpected, and realize their dreams. Miles Adair State Farm has been helping people in West Alabama with their insurance needs and would love to help you. Give Miles Adair State Farm a call at 375-6244. That's 375-6244. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm and very humid afternoon. Scattered showers and thunderstorms around through tonight. The high today 85, the low tonight 68. Tomorrow, a mostly cloudy day. A few passing showers and thunderstorms likely. The high back in the mid-80s at 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back in. Eli Holstein is the big story for Alabama, and uh, Arch Manning will be visiting Alabama for the third time this past uh, weekend. Could uh, Ty fans see this come to fruition? That is uh, one of the uh, quotes they get up there on our live stream, Bama Insider Live. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, right now. It doesn't look like that, uh, as a lot of people are predicting, Arch Manning may not be back in the fold um, for Alabama, but um, right now they got a good one uh, in Holstein. So, we're going to get Andrew Bone up here in a second. Just let me know. We got him online, and we'll bring him in and get his thoughts about this and kind of where this leaves Alabama. If you don't mind, Matt, real quick, uh, a little update on the SEC baseball tournament, kind of where things are and uh, where the Crimson Tide is. And, yeah, the bats were uh, really, really uh, hitting, hitting strong early on today. Yeah. My bad. There you go. Yeah, they opened it up uh, early in this one. But, unfortunately, I think they're now in their second rain delay, maybe their third. I hadn't been able to keep up that accurately but i know that was delayed start at 9 30 and now we're in another one but alabama in the bottom of the third georgia's home team by the way um alabama is leading georgia by a score of five to one all right andrew bone joining us now at andrew the letter j bone is his twitter handle and uh man we got some uh big news today and a commitment uh for the uh, crimson tide and uh eli Goldstein, uh, holstein now uh putting uh, his uh, commitment into the Crimson Tide and saying he wants to be a part of the program. And everybody's asking, Andrew, first of all, give us your take on the uh, the, the commitment and also what does this mean for Arch Manning? And, and I, I believe, I think you have to, this will be a two-quarterback, at least two-quarterback uh, class that Alabama needs to get because of the shortage in that quarterback room. Yeah, I mean it's a uh, it's an exciting day for Alabama, big day. You know, I know that uh, I know Lars has been asking just about every single week about Arch Manning and what's going on with him. But there was a reason why I kept bringing up Eli Holstein, um, you know, every single time because Alabama's interest in Holstein was very high. They evaluated him for a long time. They saw him in camp last summer, and that's when he first received his offer from Alabama. And then the staff went and saw him during the season, evaluated all of his game film. You know, had him come back for uh, for junior day, uh, spent some time with him during the spring, and he also got a chance to uh, to go out and watch him practice and play in the spring game uh, multiple times. So uh, Bill O'Brien, um, Pete Golding, both of those guys really led the charge in their recruiting efforts in Eli Holstein. And, you know, this comes on the heels of Arch Manning setting up an official visit to Alabama for June the 10th uh, through the 12th. So, yeah, that should show you, you know, just how much they they feel about how how good they feel about Eli Holstein, how much that they hold him in high regard. And even though that even though Arch was still available, they decided to take a commitment from Eli Holstein before uh, Manning even visited. So, you know, I think that says a lot about um, you know the type of player that Alabama is getting in him. I mean, he's a one, he's a great player. Um, I mean, he's six foot three, about two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, ran a four six four at the uh, Elite Eleven Regionals out in Vegas a couple weeks ago, so he's got some good speed. Uh, and this is a tremendous athlete, and he's, uh, he led his team to a fifteen and zero record this past season. Uh, had I think about around 30, uh, just over thirty seven hundred yards of total offense, with forty three total touchdowns uh, in Class Five A in Louisiana. So great junior season, and you know definitely somebody that. Alabama fans should be very excited about because I know Coach Saban, Coach O'Brien, and uh, the rest of the coaches are are really uh, really pleased today. 
Andrew Bonar, recruiting analyst, joins us each week. And he was on yesterday and actually brought him back in today uh, after the big news of uh, Eli Holstein uh, committing to Alabama. Now, he was committed to Texas A&M and now committed to Alabama. And I know he decommitted and started looking around at other places. But um, with everything that's gone on in the news between Jimbo and Nick Saban, um, just a little bit of a a little bit of a hit back at uh, at A&M? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I thought about that. I mean, this is a kid that uh, you know, committed to Texas A&M last summer, uh, just a couple weeks after he uh, received an offer from Alabama. And we knew that Alabama was still interested in him. And when he visited Tuscaloosa back in, uh, back in the fall for the LSU game, you know, we knew that there was still uh, obviously some communication going on. And then when he visited for junior day, we knew that things were getting pretty serious. And, you know, shortly after that visit, he decommitted from Texas A&M. So uh, I, I don't know if the uh, if it's just a coincidence or if uh, Coach Saban uh, may have talked to him and said, hey, you know, why don't you go ahead and jump on board after after what happened last week. But uh, uh, obviously this is a big, big commitment for Alabama. And, and they, uh, I certainly kind of look at it as even though he's been decommitted from Texas A&M uh, for several months, uh, it, it almost kind of feels like a flip uh, from A&M since he was committed for a long time and then started taking those visits to Alabama. Now, he visited LSU, visited Florida, but he visited Alabama about four times before um, he visited any of those other programs. So uh, there was always high interest in in Alabama when he was committed to Texas A&M, and then when he backed off that commitment uh, to the Aggies, I think it was all because of Alabama. Well, I, I still have to ask you about Arch Manning. You know that. Uh, oh, yeah. What, what, is this, what does this mean? I mean, do you think, is it possible that uh, through sort of back channels that Saban and the staff learned that Arch was really leaning in a different direction and then they just went all in on Holstein? And also, how does that work? Like, if a, if a scholarship is offered to a player, can the player then just accept the scholarship at any time, and then the school is bound by that? Because uh, the timing of this seems a little, little strange, you know, or just uh, coincidental that you have this dust up between Jimbo and 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 Nick, and then all of a sudden uh, Holstein commits. You know, I, I did think that the timing was a little strange, just because. Eli did not indicate at all that he was going to uh, make a decision anytime soon. You know, we're kind of in this day and age where everybody announces um, a top five or a top ten on Twitter, or they announce on Twitter that they have a big announcement coming. And most of the time, uh, it's just an announcement uh, for an all-star game, you know, making everybody believe that it's a, uh, it's a commitment. You know, Eli didn't set up any, any uh, big announcement, just um, – just tweeted it out that he was committed to Alabama. Now we did see uh, Pete Golding uh, tweet an elephant emoji yesterday, so obviously that got everybody's mm-hmm. uh, uh, interest and uh, you know, definitely got their imagination um, going all sorts of different places. I had so many different people texting me, asking me who who it was, even though I knew uh, I didn't want to. Uh, it wasn't going to shed any light. But as far as Manning's concerned. You know, this is what was one of those situations where Alabama held both of these guys in such high regard that they were going to take whoever wanted to commit first. It wasn't a situation where Alabama found out that Eli, or excuse me, that uh, Arch was leaning elsewhere because 
he hasn't indicated to anyone that he's leaning elsewhere. Everybody's just assuming he's leaning to this score, to that score, but down to a top two. But he did come out and say last week that he has a uh, had three schools that he was going to officially visit, Alabama, Texas, and Georgia. And he's all visiting all of those schools in the month of June. And he's still going to take that official visit to Alabama uh, on June the 10th. So that's something to uh, that we're going to continue to watch. And yeah, as far as having the green light to commit once you get an offer, most of these most of these recruits understand. You know, you have an offer, but you still need to come to camp. Coach Saban still wants to evaluate you in person. You can't commit yet. All of these kids know that. Nobody's calling uh, Alabama. I don't know if they're calling other schools, but nobody's calling Alabama saying, hey, I'm ready to commit, and them saying, I'm sorry, you know, we don't have a spot for you right now. You need to wait. Most of these kids understand where they're at, what they need to do, and the ones that have that green light to commit, they also all know that they have that green light to commit. So it's not a situation where Holstein was told, hey, you can commit now if you want. He's had that green light for a long time to to commit to Alabama. Andrew, thanks for coming on short notice uh, today, a big day for Alabama, and a big commit at the quarterback position. And, uh, again, Eli Holstein uh, joining the Crimson Tide. So thank you for being with us. we got Matt Finkus going to join us here about 140. We'll do a short segment and then get to him and get his uh, perspective from a national perspective on this much more Ohio State and just the whole uh, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban uh, back and forth that's gone on over the last few days. Uh, Andrew, thanks so much. Andrew J. Bone. That's at Andrew, the letter J. Bone, joining us. And uh, also remind you, here's the book right here in front of me. You want to put it up there and uh, on the uh, screen there for me. This is the book he wrote, and a great book called... The the Ford's the the best, though. The Ford's the best. The Road to Bama. (laughs) Written by Jay Barker. Incredible twist and improbable turns along the Crimson Tide recruiting trail. Andrew Bone and The Ford by Jay Barker, ghosted by... The ghost over here, yep. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Short segment coming up next, then a long segment with Matt Finkus. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, audio video excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205 205- 
909-909-7373 and schedule an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we have to sell a lot of cars. And these guys... And just for listening, go to SiebelsCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at SiebelsCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Hi, welcome back in on this Tuesday edition. Again, uh, we got Tony Curry going to join us today as well, a little bit later on, and uh, Matt Finkus will be with us around uh, in about six minutes. So we're going to have a quick. Quick uh, segment here, and uh, also Bo Scar- Scarborough joins us at one thirty, and a big day for him on Saturday for the Birmingham Stallions USFL. Sad story uh, that we talked about last week, and Dwayne Haskins, and uh, and all the uh, tragedy that went around that as far as his death. But uh, more news released. Uh, I'm not sure which one wants to go with it. Uh, Matt, I right, take Matt with the uh, kind of the storylines behind this, but a lot more to it than we thought. Well, we knew that a month ago. He was struck tragically and killed by a dump truck in the middle of a Florida highway. I think it was Interstate 90 or something like that. But uh, I-95, I think. I-95. Uh, busy. It was the morning. Um, the, the the news of the day is that his blood alcohol content was .20. And I guess most of us are familiar that .08 is pretty much the legal limit in all states. So it's two and a half times the legal limit. And then it was also found that he had traces of ketamine and norcatetamine. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry if I'm getting those wrong, but they're painkillers, uh, which are 
known to be abused recreationally. Um, as far as the reports on the incident, I'm reading here now, and this story just posted by Fox like an hour ago, that he was out of gas. Apparently he was going to try and get out of his vehicle. He did get out of his vehicle to find gas. There was an, another woman in the car with him who remained as he walked out into traffic, literally into traffic. He was struck by a dump truck and then yet another car. And there were several 911 calls, but there was one yelling to 911, get out of the road, get out of the road. What is wrong with you? And then she said, there was a man hit in front of me. I was traveling on the road, and I saw a dump truck hit the man. So mm. it's just tragic on all levels. And uh, apparently, according to other reports, that um, a second car then hit him. Yeah. And uh, a 911 call was placed by his wife first and his wife was saying to 911 that uh that that Dwayne was stalled on the side of a highway and was getting gas for his vehicle and then a second call came from a distressed woman who appears to be the eyewitness to the event and uh apparently uh and this comes from multiple sources that uh Dwayne and a a cousin or some sort of family member were at a club uh, in Miami into the 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 small hours of the night, uh, and uh, this is this was the end result and just uh, heartbreaking, Jay. Just heartbreaking. It really is. All right, uh, we want to give you an update on that. We got Matt Fink is coming up from Ohio State, and uh, we'll get his take on Saban and Fisher, as well as much more surrounding. Uh, NCAA football. Also, this idea of SEC having its own national t- title or tournament, I, I still don't understand it. I don't know if you guys are looking National news is all over this. Um, and uh, so, yeah, really, would love to get Greg, Greg Sankey on to kind of describe or kind of figure out what he's talking about. We're going to learn more about that also, probably at SEC meetings more than anywhere else. I got one, one word. Okay. Okay. Vote. Vote. Oh, I, I got a lot to say about that. No, but. no, 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 no. I'm not turning this political. I am suggesting that everyone listening and watching this show does their duty. You're an American. Vote. It's your chance. All right, we'll return live from AVX. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this state. If you need screen printing or embroidery done for your sports team company school or special event stop by b&b sports in northport and talk to rodney johnson about what you're looking for no matter the size of your order you can trust the team at b&b sports to handle the screen printing and embroidery for your team b&b sports also has coaches shirts hats belts and socks call 205-339-7361 or stop by and see rodney johnson at b&b sports at 1600 lurleen wallace boulevard in northport let your yard and home 
home be the envy of the neighborhood with help from Port One Landscape Supply. They have pine bark, mulch, pine, and wheat straw, bag mulch, topsoil, and cross ties. Port One Landscape Supply also has driveway materials, decorative rock, flagstone, limestone, and masonry sand. Bring your truck or trailer and they'll load it for you or have it delivered. Port One Landscape Supply is hometown owned by John Powell. They're open Monday through Saturday, 7 till 5, located a mile past Winn-Dixie on Highway 43 in Northport. Port One Landscape Supply. Crimson Tide fans, keep your family safe and healthy with the help of the healthcare professionals at Allegra Family Clinic in Northport. They specialize in urgent and primary care, COVID testing, IV hydration, Botox and fillers, weight loss, testosterone, new aesthetic laser procedures, and other health issues your family may have. Allegra Family Clinic in Urgent Care, open Monday through Friday from 8.30 in the morning to 7 in the evening and Saturday 9 to 1. Located at the corner of Mittlery Road and Highway 69 North in Northport. Celebrate your special occasion with a bang with special fireworks from Extreme Fireworks in Coker. Whether it's a gender reveal, birthday, wedding, or a Crimson Tide victory, they have the fireworks you're looking for, including wedding sparklers. Extreme Fireworks is a fireworks superstore with over 450 products in store and 30 different brands. Everything is 50% off. Buy one, get one free, or buy one, get three free. Extreme Fireworks, open year-round, 3.5 miles west of the Northport Super Walmart. Make your home and yard the envy of the neighborhood with the help of Anders Hardware in downtown Northport. They have the supplies you need for lawn and garden, including seed, weed killers, bonnie plants, garden tools, and more for your home improvement projects. Anders Hardware has paint, plumbing, and electrical supplies, hand tools, power tools, accessories, and hardware. Whether it's lawn and garden or home improvements you need, make a trip to Anders Hardware at 419 Main Avenue in downtown Northport. Anders Hardware. If you live in West Alabama and need insurance, just like a good neighbor, State Farm Agent Miles Adair in Reform is there with home, auto, and life insurance, as well as banking services. Their mission statement is to help people manage the risk of everyday life, recover from the unexpected, and realize their dreams. Miles Adair State Farm has been helping people in West Alabama with their insurance needs and would love to help you. Give Miles Adair State Farm a call at 375-6244. That's 375-6244. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm and very humid afternoon. Scattered showers and thunderstorms around through tonight. The high today 85, the low tonight 68. Tomorrow, a mostly cloudy day. A few passing showers and thunderstorms likely. The high back in the mid-80s at 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Welcome back in as we continue our Tuesday edition. And we got Matt Fink is going to be joining us here shortly. Former defensive lineman we played against each other. I think it's both our last games uh, at Ohio State and Alabama and uh, the Citrus Bowl. And always great to have him on, get his take on all things uh, football related, Ohio State, Big Ten, and just from a national perspective um, as well. So a lot of good stuff there. But uh, we'll uh, get to uh, Matt Fink is here in just one second and uh, get his take on all things. And I also want to kind of hear his take on uh Dwayne Haskin and just his relationship with him and what kind of what kind of kid he was and what type of player as well as more importantly locker room guy so uh we'll get Matt up here in just one second Mason just let me know when he got him up and ready to go um some other news out there right now again a rain delay Alabama uh at the uh, SEC tournament Matt any information any updates there as far as uh the rain delay and uh, Alabama was leading five to one 
uh, in this game, and the bats were hitting really, really good. All right, Matt Fingers is up, so we'll yeah, we'll, okay, it is the same. Okay, good deal. We'll, we'll get Matt up. I mean, we'll get that here, but we got Matt up right now. Matt Fink is joining us now. Great uh, friend of the show, and uh, Matt, thanks for being with us. We want to start first of all. Um, uh, first of all, I hope you're doing well. Uh, second of all, Dwayne Haskins. The uh, more information has come out about everything. We don't want to get into that really as much as just your relationship with him, or did you know Dwayne very well? How was he perceived by the fans, the players? How was he in the locker room? Just kind of give us the personal side of Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I mean, obviously, thanks for having me, guys. Um, you know, tragic thing, and and I think that uh, if you ask anyone who played with him or anyone that was around him, coaching wise or, uh, or you know personally, it, it, he was the guy that everybody loved. Uh, you know, ran into him a couple times. Don't didn't have a real good uh, you know personal relationship. Not a you know not that it was bad. Just didn't have the chance to get to know him really well. But um, one of the guys I played with, Sean Spring was really kind of like a like a pseudo uncle to Dwayne growing up from the same area and tried to mentor him quite a bit and talking to Sean after Dwayne's passing, you know, uh, it, it, it's a big blow. I mean, the kid was a good kid, um, you know, trying to trying to make it through his way here in the NFL and, uh, and you know, obviously unfortunate incident and a lot of tragedy involved and I know some things have come out with this blood alcohol level and all that stuff, but uh, end of the day, you know, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs for uh, for a family who's uh, lost a son and a husband and um, brother and, and obviously a, uh, you know, teammates who, who lost a brother in that respect, too. So, Talking with uh, Matt Finkus, who uh, is closely aligned with the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes program, former uh, Buckeye, uh, who also is a main character in one of my books, The Proving Ground. Matt and I spent a season together uh, in uh, Glasgow, Scotland, when Matt was playing for uh, playing in NFL Europe. Matt, um, what is your perspective out in Columbus, Ohio, when you look at what's going on between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, and 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 what 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 is the general feeling in the Big Ten about this kerfuffle between these two? Um, I, it's a lot of amusement, I think, from the Big Ten outside looking in, uh, just seeing uh, as uh, as this progresses. Um, you know, from a football fan standpoint and commentator, I think that. I mean, this is bound to happen. I mean, any, anybody who saw this coming and how NIL was structured and, and really just the, the free reign that it was given to these schools to basically try to police yourself and don't quote-unquote buy players, it was a joke. I mean, and the NCAA isn't, isn't regulating it, and I think that the athletic directors are going to have to get together and do something because, let's face it, I mean, and, and you know, I said this, not that Jimbo Fisher did anything illegal. That doesn't make it wrong. I mean, it doesn't make it right. I, I think that he was. I mean, if you look at the statistics and all of a sudden, you know, he's a four and four in the SEC and, and every seven five-star recruits all of a sudden want to come and play for him when he's a mid-level uh, SEC team. I mean, it's, it's obviously there's, there's money being thrown around there. The same thing, you know, with uh, what's happening with Deion Sanders and, and uh, Jackson State and that guy getting a million-dollar NIL deal from a coffee company. I mean, I own two coffee companies. There's no way that I can spend a million dollars in marketing to sign any player that's going to move the needle, you know, in a, in a, in a significant way. So I think the interesting thing about it is, um, you know, as a lot of people say, and they, you know, Jimbo and, and Nick were are starting to say the quiet parts out loud. And for anyone who's been around the sport, they, they, 
mean, you know that this is happening. You know it was bound to happen. I think a lot of schools like Alabama, like Ohio State, trying to do this thing the right way, um, you know, trying to make sure that, that it doesn't, you know, look like players are getting, you know, paid exorbitant amount of money to do little or, or nothing in return aside from show up and play at their school. So I think that there's got to be some kind of regulation set forth here in the coming months and years as to what fair quote unquote fair market value is fair market value shouldn't be what a booster is willing to pay for you to come to their school fair market value should be i mean you want to teach these kids about name image and likeness and business like then fair market value should be what they can receive to to perform a a job or a duty or be a person in a commercial or what a business values them at as a marketing person not as what a booster decides is right for them to come play at their school for a season or two well, I got to lead with this. I didn't know you owned two coffee companies, so we're expecting a couple of cases here. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll send I'm you guys down some coffee and chocolate. Yeah. I, uh, oh. All right, even better. Um, I, I want to go back. It's still nil related, but it's it's <clears throat> it's kind of old news. Except we hadn't heard from anybody from a Buckeyes perspective. What what happened with, with quarterback Matt Ewers? I mean uh, Quinn Ewers, who. Went there, he was rumored to have all this NIL money, and then he goes back to Texas. Uh, can you just kind of go through that story for us? I'm, I'm not I'm not real uh, certain on what happened. Well, and i got to say this. Matt said to us a year ago he'll never see the field at Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was certainly um, I right. Mean, that was kind of <laughs> one of those unspoken things where, um, you know, at, at the time Texas was, was in the motion, and Ohio State actually just voted this down at the uh, – high school level for name, image, and likeness for high school athletes. And Texas had similarly done that um, for, for Quinn. And so he basically had his own NIL deal set up. Had nothing to do with the university or Ohio State or anyone else involved. Mm-hmm. He had basically had that set up through a company, but he wasn't allowed to take the money due to the laws in the state of Texas as a high school uh, student. And technically, I think that there was some, some ambiguity there if he would have went to the University of Texas right off the bat just because of his age of him not being 18 or 19 yet. So what he basically did was, you know, graduate early from high school, come to Ohio State, and, and I mean, I, I'm not saying anything I don't think anyone knows, but with the knowledge that he probably wasn't going to stay here for his full four years because he wanted to be closer to home, he wanted to be in the Texas area, collect that NIL money and get that be able to sign that contract and start receiving those funds and then transfer back out. So, you know, I mean, it, it wasn't a, a surprise, I don't think, to anyone here in Columbus, obviously. And that's just it's one of those things where, you know, the kid had a deal on, you know, signed up to, to be able to, to make this money. And, and the company was willing to pay him for it. And, you know, it was something that he did on his own outside of the university. And he just basically found a way to do it outside of the state laws of Texas. He could definitely do head and shoulders uh, commercials uh, with his hair. He's got beautiful hair. <laughs> yeah, so, or, or, Joe, or, or, or Joe Broadway, or Joe, Joe Broadway Dirt, too. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I am the know, only one on this show that can comment back. on another yeah. man's hair. <laughs> so um, I, so let's go to the Jimbo and, and Saban conversations and kind of the national yeah. perspective on this and kind of, again, Back to all that, you know, we, we addressed it with Lars and, and talking about the NIL money, all that kind of stuff. But how does it play out? I mean, Lars has told us that the national media is really more on um, Jimbo's side than on Saban's side on, on this. And I, I would just love from a, from a player's perspective, 
a former player's perspective of how how you saw this kind of play out and who do you does either one of them win in this at all? I don't know who wins in this. I think Nick is right to to be honest with you. I mean, I side with him as far as what is being being said and 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 where where I think that NIL needs to go. And I think that Nick is doing it from the perspective of, I mean, is he a competitive guy? A hundred percent. Does he want to continue to win? Yes. Is he a guy who I think looks out for, you know, what college football is happening? I think that, you know, you look here at Ohio state as well, Gene Smith and Ryan day, and they're looking at, at what college football can be. That's where I think that you've seen the, the NIL structures that you see around Ohio state where, where they're trying to really monitor this. But I mean, Jimbo Fisher is competing in the Wild West. He's, he's, I mean, he's of the opinion of it doesn't matter. Money's money, but it, it, there's no rules being broken, which, again, just because no laws are being broken or rules are being broken doesn't make it right. And I think, you know, as a former player, I want to see college football, which is the greatest sport that we have. I mean, the greatest yep. spectator sport, the greatest sport that we have, in America is college football bar none. I will argue that with any person night or day. And you're going to destroy the sport if you allow this NIL to run rampant. You're going to absolutely destroy the sport if you allow boosters to come in under the guise of NIL and buy players and players to move around from, from place to place and get recruited out of the transfer portal with NIL money. You're going to absolutely destroy the sport. I don't begrudge these kids one bit for being able to sign autographs for, for money, to be able to, to get, uh, you know, recuperated for their name on the back of a jersey that they're selling at the team shop. Absolutely, they should get that money 100%. If they, want, if they can go make a commercial for a car dealer in the offseason, that dealer is willing to give them a car to drive. Absolutely, 100%. They should be able to do that. There's a middle ground here that I think the if it's not the NCAA, then it's the board, then it, the, the athletic directors need to get together as a board and figure out how to find this middle ground with giving these guys fair compensation as opposed to just giving them a, a buttload of money to come to their school when they don't have any proof. Because, I mean, let's, let's face it. You're giving these high school kids NIL deals, and they've never seen the field. Never see. You have no idea whether they're going to be good or a bust. And, and as everyone knows, you take 20 kids out of a recruiting class, eight of them might make it to their senior year. At that same school, I mean, that's probably about the average. I mean, that you've got to find a middle ground where, yeah, the guys that are junior, seniors, nationally recognized figures are maybe getting deals with, with bigger companies. Star local players are getting deals with local affiliated companies and things like that to, to maybe do that. They're, they're getting paid to be able to go do autograph signings and things like that. But just dropping duffel bags of cash off, calling it NIL, yep. and, and having them show up at your office for a couple hours over the summer – is going to destroy the sport. They've got to find a middle ground. Yes, yeah, sign autographs, speaking engagements, let them do their own camps. It was all supposed to be around them and their image and likeness. Nothing tied back to university, university not tied back to boosters. they got to go out and get it themselves, hire an agent or whatever else to make that happen. Uh, I, I totally totally agree with you. There were no guardrails put up in the very beginning, it's, and that's why you know we've talked about does there need to be national you know, legislation? And look, I'm a capitalist. I want to see people make as much money as they possibly can. Um, but I almost feel like you, we largely were talking about this the other day is that you cap it at a freshman year. You cap it again at, at a sophomore year. You cap it again at a junior year. And then you say, okay, if you want to stay your senior year, unlimited. Go get it. You know, you're yeah. about to leave and you've, you've, you've served your time. Go get as much as you can. Yeah, I Go mean, absolutely. Or, I mean, 
Yeah, set, set up an independent review board to review some of these deals. That, I mean, and, and for the ones that are flagged, do it. Start looking into them a little bit more. I mean, that's all you have mm-hmm. to do. Matt, as always, great stuff, my man. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yep. You too, ma'am. Matt Fink is joining us from Ohio State, and he covers Ohio State from all levels and also great from the national perspective. All right, we'll continue. Hour number two coming up next. We're live from AVX. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker. we got uh, right Mason right now producing from Tide 100.9 FM, our flagship station. Josh Smith, our producer, as always, doing all the streaming for us as well. Stay with us. Hour number two next. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa and they came over. And, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. It's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. 
covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. It's delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. Hoover Metropolitan Stadium, Alabama leading Georgia by a score of 5-1. to one. We had a rain delay starting uh, or as we were going to the bottom half of the third. So we will have the bottom of the third once play resumes. That's going to be in about 20 minutes. So Stations is coming back to you for 15 minutes and then... Right at 1.15 Central, we will resume our coverage of Alabama baseball at the SEC tournament. The Crimson Tide taking on the Georgia Bulldogs in what is game one of the tournament. It's win or go home in this one. If you lose, you're done. If you win, you advance to the double elimination round, which starts tomorrow morning, at least in theory. Stay with us. Stations will talk to you in about 15 minutes. Alabama and Georgia here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. From the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Saban has a 24-hour rule. Mm-hmm. 
How long does the Justin Thomas celebrate the PGA Championship rule? Yeah, I got a 24-hour rule. Um, yeah, maybe I'm not sure what Jimbo Fisher's rule is, but I guess he's got to win something first before he figures out his rule. So, um. Justin Thomas and uh, maybe one of the best quotes of the weekend. If yeah, anybody stuck it to it better oh. to Jimbo Fisher than um, the PGA champion of 2022, uh, please send it to us. <laughs> I want to know. It's crazy. And and, and I've shared this. I'm, I'm not going to hide. I mean, I've known Jimbo for 30 years. We've been friends. I've known. I mean, I, I've been around him many times. Um, known uh, Coach Saban for what 15, 16 years, I guess. And, and knew him back when we interviewed him when he was at LSU and stuff. But really, never got to know him. But um, Jimbo was an important part of my life early on. I mean, he really was. He, he was. And I was a free safety at Hewitt Trustful. Um, we didn't have a quarterback. Jack Wood came to me and said, "Hey, can you play quarterback or do you want to play quarterback?" I said. Yeah, why not? Um, we need somebody. So I why went to the not? I went Are to the, you serious? Yes, I went to the Bowden Academies and, and then uh, met Jimbo. And then Jimbo worked with me for about three weeks uh, during the summer, helping me with uh, all kinds of stuff, you know, and just really um, was a, a great guy, a great friend. He wanted to take me out. I was too young at that time to go out <laughs> with him on the town. <laughs> but um, Jimbo's fiery, man. He He is, you know, he gets very defensive about things. And um, his personality definitely has come out. We were all surprised by the gag order that was kind of, we thought, put on uh, not only Coach Saban, but even maybe Lane Kiffin. We've talked about that story uh, when he was supposed to be on Dan Patrick. And then he did the interview this weekend that uh, even kind of continued this whole process uh, into uh, yesterday's show. But real quick, we are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. You got the Top Golf. You'll love it. It is the bowling of this generation. Uh, you'll, you'll love sitting back. The drinks, the food, the atmosphere, watching your friends and family, the great shots, the funny shots, the bad shots, people knocking it almost and hitting another person next next to you. It's just a ton of fun. A great place to tailgate and uh, Top Golf for Birmingham before those USFL games, before or after. Get out to Top Golf for Birmingham, driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. So Alabama's landed its quarterback uh, for its upcoming recruiting class uh, just today in uh, Eli Holstein. And uh, Eli tweeted out, as my pawpaw used to say, roll damn tide. Uh. <laughs> and then uh, it's got a, 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 a pretty cool uh, video of uh, Bryant-Denny Stadium. But th- this is what I found interesting, Jay. Um, he, he, he tags uh, quite a few people, but the, the one person from Alabama that he tags is uh, Pete Golding. Mm. And it seems to me that it, uh, again, I'm a a rookie at this stuff. It seems that when you were recruiting a quarterback, isn't it usually an offensive coach, either the OC or the quarterback's coach that is the lead recruiter on that? And clearly, uh, I mean, at least based on what we're seeing here from him, Pete Golding was the guy. It's based on territories. Yeah, so every guy's given territories, and it's geographic. And it's a, the, here's your yeah, territory. I knew that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But, but, but <laughs> well, sometimes they do now. And yeah, I would that, figure Bill, in a case of an Eli or, uh, yeah, or Bill, an Bill Arch O'Brien Manning. was very involved. Like, I mean, they credit goals, uh, him and, and with Holstein, uh, Bill O'Brien as much uh, as they do with anybody. So I, I think that's that, that he was involved. He was a part of it. They had him in, in junior camps and – Watched him throughout the summer. Um, is it possible and, and, that he was their number one target at quarterback? Is it possible? He was definitely one of their number ones. I mean, 
there was three guys that they looked at and said, okay, these are the top three quarterbacks. And th- there may be a fourth or fifth, too, that are, that are there that they think can develop into something even even, even more. Um, but uh, they, I think they realized that he wanted to come, be a part of that, be a part of Alabama. He made the commitment. He was willing, and my understanding, willing to say, look, even if Arch comes, I'm willing to compete. That's, that says a that's, lot. That's great. Says a lot about a guy. And yep. I don't think Alabama's out of the mix of Arch Manning, and I think they still got a shot. But it, but that shot probably, it, as far as the numbers, what you're going to read, the predictions will probably go down. All the recruiting sites based on the visit to Texas, and then a couple weeks you have a visit to Alabama, and then I think Georgia is that right? Is yep. the last one that he'll uh, attend and be a part of. So it's gonna be fun to watch. Where do you where do you think he ends up? I already said Georgia. That's my prediction. Sanford. Uh, what'd you say? Sanford. Sanford. <laughs> um, if he wants to win a national title, it's either Georgia or Alabama. I, I don't I don't think Texas will be quite there yet. Yeah. And I, look, Steve Sarkeesian, great mind, great coach. Um, but I, I think what Georgia, Alabama offers athletically and from school and tradition and what they're doing in the SEC right now, I think, you know, with Texas entering the SEC is going to be a lot tougher than what they think. It's going to be a different ball game. And, and if he's there during that transition, can they make it quick enough to understand the physicality, what it takes to play in the SEC week in and week out? That's the things that he needs to weigh out. I mean, imagine going from Stetson Bennett to Arch Manning. And I am carrying the Stetson Bennett fla- uh, fan flag for all Finally. season. You yes, should. Finally. You've been stomping on it for two years. <laughs> I uh, I'm I'm, but you did I'm, it. I'm Stetson's guy all year long. I, no, you got to respect him. He, right. has, oh, he yeah, has limited right. physical right. skills. If that's the case, then I'm buying you Stetson cologne, and you have to wear it the entire year. <laughs> and now. I'll buy you a hat, <laughs> and you have to wear it the entire football season. Anything else we want to throw in there as far as Stetson is concerned? <laughs> My dad had a Stetson hat. Did he really? Yeah. You seen the picture of Charles Barkley with one on? He's riding a horse. Yes. <laughs> They said he really didn't have to dismount. He just kind of leans over. Well, did you see? Uh, I, I want when we had Charles Barkley awesome. on the other day. Yeah, I wanted to ask him what he thought when the Dallas Mavericks eliminated the Phoenix Suns. Right, that's where yeah. Charles. Yeah. Shaq is wearing a Stetson oh, Cowboy yeah. hat in studio, <laughs> and he's acting like he's got a chew in. Yeah, and, they're oh, great. God, it's so funny. Oh, I'm glad when we talked to him the other day. He enlightened me that he was still going to be there another couple of years. Mm-hmm. I actually thought he was coming down at the end of the season. Uh, he means so much to NBA coverage that he brings people that aren't NBA fans in. And what he does and why he's not lead dog on every television broadcast they do during March Madness, I won't know. But uh, in two years, I'm going to miss him. He just has such a great sense of timing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just... It's like either you're funny or you're not, and he is just hilarious. But you know yeah. what? He's kind of been that way. There it is. I remember the picture. Is <laughs> oh. <laughs> him on the horse? Yeah, hang on. I can't see it on the on the big screen. It's no big deal. I have seen it. It's not like I had seen it before. So. He died. Um, that's all right. Um, but, but you know, I covered his last year at Leeds. He'd become really popular as a recruit, and Sonny and Went were going after trying to get this guy because I think everybody knew that he was good. But everybody also knew his potential was top fifty NBA well, player. Was he? He wasn't the round mound of rebound back then. Was he Actually, in high school? He, no, was not he? in high school. Uh, I, I think, really, I think it was Chuck Person that gave him 
round mound of rebound. But he also, my favorite Barkley nickname is not used, and it was given by Chuck Person, and that's the big funky hunk of dunk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's I'm, what I used never, to call him. I've like never heard that. that. I used to call him that, and he would go, he'd look at me funny, and then he'd start laughing. But I remember when he was uh, like a sophomore, uh, he was just really well known for his ability to destroy a pizza. <laughs> and uh, I mean, his legend. I mean, if they'd have had camera phones back then, we oh, would have seen. My goodness. But um, somebody asked him what happens if a freshman or somebody comes into his room, um, like when he's eating a pizza, and he says, "I." If it's a freshman and the first time he's ever been in my room, I'll give him one piece. And then I'll tell him, the rest of this is mine, and you're never getting another slice. Go back to the horse picture, if you can, on Bam Insider. I, I love that that shot of him on the horse. You know, I yeah. uh, I recently talked to my literary agent, Richard Pine, in New York. There it is, yeah. Go, go, go to full screen where you can see him on the horse, if you can. I, I know this is bad radio and stuff. But look at that right there. I mean, that, I mean that's that's his entrance into Auburn. <laughs> They're laying down the, 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 the yeah, the, all the tree. <laughs> um, no, so I, I talked to my agent, and I, I wanted to do a Charles Barkley book, and uh, I, I thought it would have like great appeal, not just in the state of Alabama, but Most across the country, the world. Um, but uh, uh, apparently, there is a writer in Philly who is doing a book on him, and I don't think Charles is real happy about it. But oh. I, I feel like you know, because I I live here. And uh, I know people like you, Matt, that have a really good relationship with Charles uh, that stretches, what, 30 years? Uh, probably 35. <laughs> that that uh, Charles would have been agreeable to someone like me doing the book. But, yeah. Uh, you just need to be at Flemings. Is it too late? Well, you, tell, tell me in the literary You world. need to start. Just, just it's go, too. You need to be at Flemings every night from yep. here on out. Gray Bar. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to think. Well, of the, Gray the Bar other. is owned yeah. by uh, a Nebraska guy. Okay. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Greg. Yeah, Greg. Great guy. Yeah. Great I didn't guy. know that. Why don't we eat there on the house more often? <laughs> he, we, a, we, 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 a, we text a lot. It's a yeah. good drinking place, too, by it's the a, way. It's a good bar. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I just uh, – so this is the second time now someone has come in my backyard and done a huge book. Like the Bo Jackson book that's coming out by Jeff Perlman. I, I had actually had the idea before – I mean, it's not like a – a, a, a million dollar well it might be a million dollar idea but it's not like uh, an original thought and my agent in new york said no that's a regional book oh mm. do you know the advance that jeff perlman got on that book i uh, just uh, three hundred and fifty seven thousand. i'm not gonna comment i can't i can't because it hurts too much I'll, I'll <laughs> so, well, so, so i passed on it and then jeff uh writes a proposal and gets a gets a big deal and then i wanted to do the barkley book <laughs> <laughs> but Barkley doesn't like the one that's being done in Philly. Who's to say he wouldn't like the one done by Lars? He Ham. might not. Uh, but, you know. Oh, we gotta, I, I'm we a gotta fair writer. Somebody I, 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 I never write books that, like, dig. I, I celebrate sports. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, yeah, I'm, I'm not an investigative <laughs> reporter. Yeah, I've never, I've never, you're claimed, not. No, no, I've you, never claimed to be one. And yeah, you, you try not to dig it's too dirt. hard. It's too hard. You, 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 <laughs> yeah, you try not to. I'd dig, rather write pretty. Well, you know? well, you try not to dig dirt, but you let them tell their story about, or if, um, if there is something in their life that they want to talk about, then they can talk about expressive that might help others through whatever they're going through. Yeah, but you're, you like to celebrate what they've accomplished. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, I, but, I, but there are great stories that come out of the. 
celebration and out of the heartache and out of the, uh, the, the, the triumph that can be painful, but you allow them to share that story. Exactly. And it's not going and going, I'm trying to get you. I mean, you know, everybody has overcome obstacles, yeah. right? And everybody has had sort of dramatic uh, moments in their life Most where yeah. uh, it, you're at a fork in the road moment. And, and I know Charles has had so many. And, uh, you know, and the Dabo Sweeney. I mean, Matt, you... <laughs> As the Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs, when play was halted because of rain, really the second time that the schedule was impacted. We were slated to start this thing at 9.30 this morning, but rain pushed it back to a 10.05 first pitch, and then rain stopped play in the bottom half or just before we started the bottom half of the third inning with Alabama on top by a score of 5-1. to one. We have uh, basically been in the midst of a two-hour rain delay as of right now, but it looks like we're going to get things started back momentarily. Georgia will be coming to play to the bottom of the third, and they'll be facing a new pitcher in the game for the Crimson Tide in right-hander Ben Hess. We'll tell you about him in a moment, but first, let's catch you up as to how we've gotten to this point. The game started in great fashion for Alabama. Caden Rose led things off for the Crimson Tide and hit a 1-1 pitch to the wall in left field. It was a one-hopper. It got over the head of Connor Tate, bounced to the wall, and he would arrive standing at second with a double. And he wouldn't stay there very long because in the first pitch of Andrew Pinty's at bat, one hitter later, Pink would get a single to right center field, scoring Rose easily from second, and the Tide held a one nothing lead. Drew Williamson grounded out to first, and that got Pinckney over to uh, second. Actually, excuse me, Pinckney stole second while Williamson was at the plate and then moved to third on the ground out by Drew. Then you had Dominic Tamez come to the plate and draw a walk, putting men on the corners. William Hammeter hit a fly ball in foul territory to very shallow left field, but the third baseman, McAllister, had to go back and make the catch almost with his back to home, and that gave Pinckney plenty of time to hustle home to the plate. The throw was late, and Pinckney's run made it 2-0 Alabama. But with Dominic Tamez, or excuse me, with uh, two out and Tamez now at second because he moved up on the flyout in foul ground as well. Zane Denton delivered an RBI single to center field. It would score Tamez from second, and the Tide would have a 3 nothing lead after the inning came to a close when Bryce Evelyn flew out to center field. In the bottom of the first inning, the Bulldogs would get a leadoff single from Ben Anderson, but following a strikeout of Cole Tate, Garrett McMillan would get Connor Tate to hit a comebacker to the mound. It would start a 1-4-3 double play that got the Tide out of the first. In the second, Alabama picked up where it left off. Tommy Seidel, a leadoff base hit. He had a sack bunt from Jim Jarvis to move him over. He had a walk to Caden Rose, and then Andrew Pinckney was hit by a pitch to load the bases. Drew Williamson then hit a sack fly to right field that would score Seidel from third. And then you would, let me back up again. I apologize. forgot about the wild pitch that scored uh, Seidel from third base. You would have Rose and Pinckney move up, and then when the fly out to right occurred by Williamson, it would score Rose with the second run of that inning. And then William Hammeter popped out 
to end the threat. So Alabama would get two runs in the second. It was 5 nothing going to the bottom half of inning number two. And after a ground out of Corey Collins, Parks Harbor hit a shot to the opposite field, a right center field long ball that was a solo homer, made it 5-1. to one. Garrett McMillan would get the next two uh, next batter in Cheney Rogers on a ground out. He walked Fernando Gonzalez and gave up a single to Corey Acton before Josh McAllister struck out to end the second. It would be, by the time it finished up, the 40th and final pitch thrown by Garrett McMillan. And I say the final pitch because he will give way now to Ben Hess, a right-hander who takes the mound for the Crimson Tide. Alabama, by the way, went in order in the top of the third, or the first two men anyway, Zane Denton and Bryce Eblen, before Seidel and Jarvis were both hit by pitches, and then Caden Rose struck out looking to end the third. So that got us to where we are now through two and a half innings, and as I said, Ben Hess will come in and replace McMillan, who finishes with two innings, three hits, a run it was earned, a walk, and two strikeout. He throws 40 pitches and gives way to Hess, who worked into a role as the Tide's primary midweek starter after missing the first three weeks of his freshman season due to injury. Moved to the bullpen for the final stretch of SEC play. And again, was uh, on the hill in the, the Friday game, game two of the series, against Arkansas, giving up a pair of runs on two hits with a pair of strikeouts in an inning and two-thirds of relief. He came in for his first SEC and first-ever relief appearance May 8th against LSU, throwing two and a third, giving up six runs, only three of those earned on three hits in a pair of walks with six strikeouts against the Tigers. He is a big right-hander and a freshman who has a very, very, very bright future for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Hess is 6'5", 225 pounds. The first-year freshman is from Charleston, Illinois. Played at Charleston High School and, again, comes to the mound here to start the bottom of the third inning. We gave you the line on McMillan, whose day is done. And again, should Alabama win, if they can hang on and win this game in advance into the double elimination portion of the tournament, which begins tomorrow, or at least is scheduled to, based on what happens weather-wise the rest of today, we could see this ultimately be a blessing because McMillan would be available to go this weekend if... The tide can get there. That's a lot of ifs, though, folks, before that is a concern for this baseball team. So, play's going to resume, and we hope that it picks up where it left off. Alabama playing well, and a 5-1 lead is what we start with against Georgia and Ben Anderson, who singled in his only at-bat so far today. And after two hours, we resume action with Ben Hess throwing a first-pitch strike. The righty working against the left-handed hitting center fielder for the Bulldogs. Anderson waits as the pitch is dealt, swing and a miss. And it's very quickly 0-2. Hess looks in. 
Gets the sign from Tamez and now deals the 0-2 pitch high and away, and it's 1-2. Resetting things defensively for you. Seidel in left, Rose in center, Pinckney in right for the Crimson Tide. Left side of the infield, Zane Denton and Jim Jarvis. Right side, Bryce Eblen and Drew Williamson, the first baseman. 1-2. Little tapper back to the mound. Hess will field. Throw in time for out number one. 1-3 one, on the put out. And that'll bring up Cole Tate, who struck out in his first at-bat of the day. Hess made his debut against UNA. Through one inning, gave up three hits, two runs, both earned. With a couple of strikeouts, he threw only 12 pitches in his debut. And he actually got tagged with a loss in that game. Tate standing in for the right side. Takes the first pitch for a strike at the belt, and it's 0-1. 84 on, I believe, the slider from Hess right there. Fastball just off the plate, and the count evens at 1-1. One one. Against Southern Miss, Hess threw two innings, gave up a couple of hits, a run. It was earned with a couple of strikeouts and allowed his first collegiate homer as he left having thrown 30 pitches. From there, the numbers would increase. The 1-1. One -one. Boy, that looked good, but called the ball, and it's 2-1. 47-67-65-66 in his next four outings before he threw 80 pitches, a season high, against UAB. That was on April 19th. Fastballs called a strike, and it's 2-2. Two and two. I think our plate umpire, Brandon Cooper, had those calls reversed in terms of what they were, but the count's probably where it should be at 2-2. Two and two. The righty-righty matchup continues as the pitch is dealt. Breaking ball, cued foul right off the end of the bat. Hits right off the netting in front of the first base dugout, occupied by Georgia as the higher seed, the tournament six seed, Alabama the 11 seed. Sporting the gray unis with Alabama in script lettering across the chest down on that third base dugout. Still two balls and two strikes to Cole Tate as Ben Hess will rock and fire. Breaking ball, lifted foul and out of play. Will get over the roof here at the Hoover Met. Doesn't cover much of the seated area, but enough to give a little bit of relief from the rain to those that are underneath it. No rain at the moment, thankfully. Fastball bounces in. And the count's at three and two. And I said the fastball, it was a change that didn't make it to the plate. It's now full at three balls and two strikes. Tate waiting as the payoff pitch is due from Ben Hess. Here it is. Swung it, perhaps ball four, and tapped it foul off his instep. Pitch was moving in on the hands and couldn't lay off of it. 
He'll try to walk that one off. So another 3-2 offering is due. Hess rocks and fires. Fastball called strike three. Frozen with one on the outside corner. That was a beautiful pitch. Second time that Tate has been a strikeout victim today. And for Hess, that is strikeout number one, obviously. Here's Connor Tate, his brother from Bishop, Georgia. Swings at the first pitch, cues it foul off the end of the bat, and it's 0-1. Connor hit into a 1-4-3 double play that ended the first inning. Defense plays him basically straight up as the 0-1 is dealt. Little fly ball down the right field line, drifting towards the seats, and it will get there. And the count quickly goes to 0-2. Ben has really progressed nicely, and they love the future for this young man. Both Brad Bohannon and his pitching coach absolutely love what Ben Hess can be. Talking about Jason Jackson, the pitching coach, as that one is the off speed that misses low and away, and it's one and two. J.J. raves about him. And what they think the future holds for this young man, but basically the future's now. <laughs> Needing to pitch well today to extend this season as he's come on after the rain delay, taking the hill and dealing a 1-2. Swing and a miss. Change speeds on him, and Tate swung through it for out number three. Hess comes on, gets the dogs in order in the bottom of the third. We head to the top of the fourth. It's still 5-1. Alabama leading Georgia right here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Lee. one Alabama as we head to the top half of the fourth inning. Hey, do you know peanuts have endless health benefits? Seven grams of protein, 19 vitamins and minerals. Peanuts, baseball's favorite snack. And for a snack that packs a punch, pack peanuts. This message brought to you by the Family Farmers of the Alabama Peanut Producers Association. Chris Stewart, City Engineer Jerry Kelly back with you. Roger Hoover out today, set to rejoin us. We hope tomorrow that would mean that the Tide has won today against Georgia and advanced to day number two, the double elimination portion of the schedule here at the SEC Tournament. Jaden Woods, the new pitcher for the Georgia Bulldogs. He is a left-hander, and after I write his name down, I'll give you some info on the left-hander. He's a sophomore, 6'2", 200, from Warner Robins, Georgia. Played at Houston County High School there in Warner Robins. And he will come on to face Pinkney Williamson and Dominic Tamez. Spots 2, 3, and 4 in the, the uh, Alabama order. 
Woods is making his 24th appearance on the year. He's 1-1 one one with three saves and an ERA of 5.13. Andrew Pinckney takes the first pitch in the dirt. It's 1-0. Pinckney, the RBI single and a run scored in Bama's three-run first inning. He was, a, uh, he was hit by a pitch and left stranded at second in inning number two. 1-0. That one almost hit him. It'll get all the way to the backstop. Doesn't matter with nobody aboard, and the count goes to 2-0. Woods a bit errant on the first two pitches. The lefty-righty matchup. As Pink waits, belts this one toward left. Well hit, going back, Connor Tate. Warning track, wall reaches up, and he may have robbed him of a home run. He did not leap but reached up, and it was either against or over the wall when he made that grab. Pinkney almost got his eighth home run of the year. Disappointed smile on his face like, dadgummit, that was close. What a job. Looking at the replay again, Tate, man, may have brought that one back in. That fence is not very high. It's about seven feet. He made a slight leap and a foot more, and it's out. It would have been over his glove. Pinckney gave it a ride, but a deep fly to left for the first out as Drew Williamson takes strike one. The second pitch to him misses outside, even things up at one and one. That gum, Pinckney was so close. Somewhat nonchalant, but a nice play from Connor Tate for the out. Called a strike on a big breaking ball to Williamson. And the count goes to one and two, and now they will shift three infielders total to the right side of second, the first base side. The one-two must have been high, and it's two and two. Brandon Cooper calling balls and strikes. Scott Klein at first. Navarro January at second, and Jason Bradley at third. Downstairs with the 2-2. And the count is now full at three balls and two strikes. Jaden Woods, the third pitcher of the day for Georgia. Chandler Marsh likely would have stayed in longer, but of course the two-hour delay and you can't bring a guy back then. 3-2, popped him up a mile high on the infield. Thin sky, guys are having problems finding it. Center fielder calls everybody off, and he had a long way to go to get there, but made the play. I'll tell you how high that ball was hit. When it was caught, Drew Williamson was standing on second base. So two gone, and Dominic Tamez will come to the plate for the tide. He's walked twice today and scored a run. 5-1 Bama. And Tamez takes ball one high and away. Right-handed hitter against the lefty, Jaden Woods. Dominic Tamez waiting. As the 1-0 is dealt, and he lifts the fly ball, fouling out of play right side. Count evens up at 1-1. One one. 
Chamez hitting 291 all the year, five homers, 32 RBIs. Waiting on a 1-1 pitch and taking it on a generously called strike two. Near the outside corner. One-two pitch. Fouled straight back in our direction, but it bounces a little in front of us. And the count stays at one and two. Another one-two. Swing and a miss. Chased one up. And Alabama goes in order in the fourth. Came close on the deep fly by Pinkney. But Alabama goes one, two, three in the top half of the inning. And we go to the bottom of the fourth. Still five to one. Crimson Tide of Alabama leading the Georgia Bulldogs right here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Introducing new Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Variety Pack. You hear that? It's seltzer with the pop of soda, all with zero sugar. Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda, the loudest flavors ever. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda, IRC Beers, St. Louis, Missouri. Game day brings out the best in our players, our team, and our fans. So go for the home run and grab your favorite bag of Golden Flake snacks. Because when you enjoy Golden Flake, you always win. Pick up your favorite bags of Golden Flake potato chips, pork skins, cheese puffs, or our great-for-dipping tortillas. And let the game begin. Simple, southern goodness. Golden Flake, the official potato chip of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Introducing new Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda Variety Pack. You hear that? It's seltzer with the pop of soda, all with zero sugar. Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda, the loudest flavors ever. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Seltzer Hard Soda, IRC Beers, St. Louis, Missouri. Still 5-1 Bama going to the bottom of the fourth inning. We had a two-hour rain delay after a 30-minute delay to the start of our game. Again, weather expected to be a factor the remainder of today at the SEC tournament at different times. And perhaps the same for participants tomorrow and Thursday as well before it turns really nice. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Hope that we're around to be a part of it. Chris Stewart with you from here in Hoover. And our coverage of Alabama baseball brought to you by Sports Collectibles, offering authentic Bama memorabilia and collectibles, including autographed items and framed jerseys. All signed items carry a certificate of authenticity and a 100% money-back guarantee. You can shop online at sportscollectibles.com. Corey Collins leading things off for Georgia. He grounded out to first in his only at-bat so far. That was in the second inning. The sun starting to finally work its way through the clouds here in Hoover, making it rather toasty as the first offering to Collins misses inside. It's 1-0 Ben Hess, his second inning of relief work for starter Garrett McMillan, who only went two and then of course, you don't bring him back after a two-hour delay. There's a pitch that swung on and missed. Challenged him with a fastball to get the count to one and one. 90 miles per hour on the radar gun. Displayed on the scoreboard 
in right center. Hess deals. Pitch that's belted but foul. He was way out in front of that one. Yeah, the count moves to one and two. Collins left-handed hitting DH for the Bulldogs. Stands in waiting on the one-two from the right-hander. Swing and a miss. Challenged him with a fastball up. Couldn't connect, and that'll be strikeout number three in a row. Put up by Hess. Out number one here in the fourth. And here's Parks Harbor, who's the only thing standing between Alabama and a 5 nothing lead. He had a solo homer with one out in the second. That one was to right center field when the wind was blowing that direction. Not that it needed any help. He struck it well off of McMillan. He had a good cut there. But the breaking ball eluded his bat, and it's 0-1. Harbor a big year, batting 307 now with a dozen homers. And 49 RBIs after the solo shot. Takes a pitch down and away to even things up at 1-1. One one. Hess checking the wristband where the pitches are shown. Swinging a foul ball straight back our direction again. And the count goes to one and two. I didn't see it, but judging from the reaction, somebody must have made a pretty nice grab down there. The count sits at one and two. Fastball right down the heart of the plate, and Ben Hess has struck out four Bulldogs in succession. He got a comebacker from Ben Anderson to start the ball game, or restart the ball game, if you will, in the third, start the appearance for Hess. And since then, he has fanned both Tate brothers, Collins and Harbor, and now Cheney Rogers will grab a boat oar and try to connect as he'll stand in. Righty-lefty matchup here. Ball one, misses down and away. Rodgers grounded out against McMillan in the second inning in his only previous at bat. The 1-0. Off speed, swung on and missed. One ball, one strike. Boy, he has done a great job of keeping him off balance. Here's the 1-1 from Hess. Just missed a tad up, a tad away, and it's 2-1. Last check on... The weather said 76 degrees but felt 86. I got a feeling both numbers are higher than that at the moment. The 2-1 fouled back, and it's 2-2. Two and two. 
mentioned it at the top of the broadcast, but that was several hours ago. It's 3.35 down the lines here in Hoover, 4.05 to straightaway center, and his memory serves about 3.70 in the alleys. Two balls, two strikes, two outs, nobody aboard for the dogs, and Cheney Rogers at the plate. Hess looks in, gets the side, now deals. Breaking ball, ripped foul. He was out in front of that one. Former Bama catcher Brock Bennett, the first base coach for Georgia. Always good to see Brock. Scott Daly is the third base coach for head coach Scott Strickland's staff. Still two balls, two strikes. Hess rocks and fires. Breaking ball, a beauty. Froze him. Wow. Unbelievable. Got him looking on a nasty breaking ball. And that's five in a row now that Hess has retired since coming on in relief. The dogs go in order, and the tide rolls towards the fifth, holding a 5-1 lead over the Bulldogs here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Lear. Kelly pushes all the buttons back at our CTSN studios. I'm Chris Stewart. Should the tide advance, Roger Hoover back with me tomorrow here at Hoover Metropolitan Stadium. Work to be done, though, for that to occur. Alabama does lead Georgia by a score of 5-1 to one, heading to the top half of inning number 5. William Hameter will lead things off, followed by Zane Denton and Bryce Evelyn. Hameter had a sack fly RBI in the first. He popped out to second in inning number two. First time that he faces the left-hander, Jaden Woods. And he takes ball one low and in to start the at-bat. Hameter at 278 on the year. He's homered four times and, again, 27 RBIs. The broken foot early in the year kept him out seven weeks Swings and fouls that pitch back, and the count evens at a ball and a strike. That happened in game one of the series at Texas. Suffered the broken foot, then was really on a roll after he came back. And now that I think about it, it was against Georgia when he got hurt in the Saturday game late, finished it out, but then missed the Sunday game. Swings and misses on a fastball at 90 miles per hour from the left side. And the count goes to one and two. Two strikes. The infield will shift to the right side. And now the one-two pitch is dealt. Line that one foul back and out of play. So often we see this. You get to two strikes in the count, nobody aboard. And the infield will put three infielders on either side of second, depending on what the hitter happens to be. That one misses high. It's two and two with a left-handed batter. You'll see McAllister, the third baseman, go over to join Acton and Harbor on the first base side of second. 2-2, swing and a miss. Got him on a fastball for out number one here in the bottom half, or the top half, excuse me, of the fifth inning. Third base, number 44, Zane Denton. Here's Zane Denton. RBI single in the first. Struck out looking in the third. Lefty-righty matchup. 
Woods working from the stretch always delivers a breaking ball for strike one. Woods, like many relievers, never works from a wind, always from the stretch. That one's rolled left side through the whole base hit, and that is a great sign. Zane Denton, his second hit of the day, once from the left side, and now once from the right side. The switch hitter doing the job against the lefty and getting a runner aboard now for Bryce Evelyn. Bryce 0 for 2 today, a fly out to center, a deep fly out to center. That was after his grand slam and his last at bat against Arkansas or at least certainly the most memorable at, memorable at bat against the Hogs. Gave Alabama its final four runs of the day in that 18-3 route. Hard hit grounder to first. Bobbled there initially by Harbor, but he steps on the bag. He won't have a throw to second, so Denton is over there in scoring position with two out now for Tommy Seidel. Could have been a double play ball if Harbor fields it cleanly, and I think that was on his mind and part of the reason maybe that he mishandled it a bit trying to rush, but he got the sure out as he picked it up, stood on second at the same time. Here's Seidel, who reached twice today. A single and a run scored in the second. He was hit by a pitch with two out in the third. And they're going to intentionally walk him to get to the left-handed hitting Jim Jarvis. So the intentional pass issued, and again, in the college game, you don't have to throw four out of the zone. You simply say, I want to put him aboard, and that's what they do there. Jim Jarvis standing in. He's had a sack bunt, and he's been hit by a pitch. Here's the only thing about it. It makes sense. You're playing the odds, but... Woods has not exactly been razor sharp. He's uncorked some wild ones, even though it hasn't allowed runners to move up because there was nobody aboard when he threw pitches to the backstop as strike one is called to begin the at-bat to Jim. Lefty, lefty, as Jarvis waits on the offering from Woods. Downstairs, good block from Gonzalez. Something I've said more than once today. He was really good early, and despite Bama's success, they could have gotten bases sooner or runs sooner if he had not been as good as he was in blocking it. First and second, two out. Bama looking to add to its 5-1 lead here in the top of the fifth. Fastball strike. Gets the count to one and two to Jarvis. So Jim, as always, with two strikes. Chokes up a third of the way on the bat. Open stance, dramatically so. It'll just try to put it in play somewhere. Takes a pitch just outside. It's two and two. Woods tried to slip the fastball by him but missed outside. Time briefly called. Woods will tow the rubber once again. 
Looks in to get the sign from Gonzalez. Denton at second, Seidel at first with two out. Jarvis waits on a 2-2. Misses high, and it's a full count at 3-2. Top of the order, and Caden Rose waits in the on-deck circle. He's already had a double today. That's how he started the ball game <laughs> nearly three hours ago. Actually, almost four hours ago. Standing in now, Jarvis waiting on a payoff pitch. Runners go. Pitch lifted down the left field line. Foul territory near the netting. Not able to get to it was McAllister because that got into row two of the seats. Just over the netting safely beyond the glove of McAllister. And the count stays at three and two to Jarvis. A break there for Alabama. Let's see if Jim can make it pay off. Or did it simply delay the inevitable? Woods glancing at second, now dealing. Fastball high and tight, and they're loaded. Denton goes to third. Seidel to second. The unintentional walk after the bag was gifted to Seidel. And they're loaded now for Caden Rose. Caden hit a double off the warning track to start the game. He's also walked and scored and struck out looking. He bats here with the bases juiced, and Bama looking to add to a 5-1 lead here in the top of the fifth inning. A big at bat for Bama. And he takes ball one high. Rose with a season average up to 315. Ten doubles, a homer, and 14 RBIs on the year for the Madison, Alabama native. 1-0. Upstairs, 2-0. Patience, fellas. Rose digging in for the right side as the lefty Jaden Woods peers in to get the sign. He'll stretch and deal. The 2-0, they show bunt. They pull back. That one misses down and in, and it's 3-0. That was just to throw him off and maybe throw the infield into a bit of a panic. Woods will take a stroll behind the mound. Now he'll go back to the rubber and gets himself set. Rose waiting, likely taken all the way here. Shows bunt again, pulls back as that one's in there for strike one. Again, it was simply to give Woods a little something extra to think about, but he pitched right through it and delivered the first strike of the at-bat. It's three and one. Caden Rose trying to add to Bama's 5-1 lead. Denton at third, Seidel at second, Jarvis at first. The pitch popped up, shallow right field. In fact, the second baseman, Acton, is there. Camps out under it and makes the play for out number three. Missed opportunity for Alabama as the Tide fails to score. No runs, a hit, no errors, and Bama leaves them loaded. 
And we are halfway through here in Hoover. It's 5-1, Alabama leading Georgia on the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. It's a great day for Alabama fans to get vaccinated. The Alabama Department of Public Health is offering the COVID-19 vaccine to anyone 12 years of age and older. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe, effective, and free. Let's get back to homecomings, tailgating, and game days. Don't let COVID-19 stop you from supporting the Tide. Help protect yourself, your friends, and our campus by getting the COVID-19 vaccine. To schedule your appointment, visit alcovidvaccine.gov. If you're looking for the best selection in Crimson Tide apparel, look no further than the Soup Store. The Soup Store is every Bama fan's ultimate destination. For the hottest gear and accessories with three great locations around campus to serve you in Tuscaloosa on campus at the Ferguson Center, on the Strip in front of Bryant-Denny Stadium, and on Bryant Drive. If you can't get to Tuscaloosa, shop the Soup Store online at soupstore.ua.edu. The Soup Store is a proud partner of Alabama Athletics. Triangle Regional Airport in Columbus, Mississippi is the fastest way for Tide fans in northwest Alabama to get to their destinations. It's just an hour from Tuscaloosa, and the Golden Triangle provides easy parking and short security check-in lines. Golden Triangle Regional Airport is simply more convenient. Visit them online at gtra.com. Chris Stewart, our city engineer Jerry Kelly with you who just reminded me to pause 10 seconds for station identification here on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Alabama football is on. 95-3 to bear. WFFN Coaling Tuscaloosa and Tide 100.9. WTUG HD2. W265CG Tuscaloosa. Sending their 7, 8, 9 spots in the order to face right-hander Ben Hess who is working his third inning of relief since the two-hour rain delay. And his first pitch is a breaking ball strike. And it's 0-1. The first guy Hess faced was Ben Anderson. He grounded back to the mound. The other five have all struck out. Hess getting the sign from Tamez. Now deals the 0-1. A fastball outside. One ball, one strike is the count. Gonzalez drew a walk against Garrett McMillan in his only at-bat so far. That was in the second. The 1-1. Lined, fouled out of play. And the count goes to one and two. Hess, a deep breath, peers in, now rocks and fires the one-two. 